0: 2020, potentially, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I would say potentially one of the most politically divisive years in modern history. Have you guys, Would you agree with me? Um, have you been watching the news? No? Good. Whoever. <laughs> Impeachment and all of that. I don't usually talk politics in church. Um... I don't know if you've paid attention to somebody who came to me this morning and said uh, two police officers, there was an attempted uh, shooting or something, they wanted to kill two police officers, I think it was New York, I haven't even seen it, you know, but um, I believe that it's potentially, I haven't been alive um, as long as some of you, um, that's, not, that's not an insult, uh, <laughs> Um, that's just the truth, and, um, but I think potentially in my lifetime, one of the most politically divisive years in modern history, and um, you know, political division threatens to dominate the national conversation, and uh, in the face of, of these odds, we're asking the question, a question I want you to think about, what can love do? Not talking about any kind of love. Uh, I'm talking about a love that stretches beyond the lines that divide us. Not just politically either, relationally, uh, financially. What can love? What can love do? A love that has no limits. A love that has no strings attached. Right? Because sometimes we love with you know strings attached. I'm loving you just to pull some strings. You know when the time comes a love that can really change lives, a love that can change you, it can change the people that you know, it can change our community, it can change our, our nation. So next week, starting next week, we're going to begin for a month. We're going to show this community what love can do. And uh, the only question is, are you in? I think, I think you are. Um, We are, we've been working very hard to uh, put together some initiatives. I call them that, it's just an initiative. It's just the first step, it's a baby step. We have about 20 outreach initiatives where we're gonna go into the community and we're just gonna love on people. You know, we let the politicians do what they do. You know, we'll let people argue over, you know, all the junk that's out there. You know, there's plenty of that. Um, And um, if, by the way, if you have any Um, uh, ideas you know I love ideas I love to hear from you like if there's anything maybe an initiative that you would like us to to start send it to us email us at info at life.fc.com and uh, we'll review them we'll see what we can do you know but we love ideas Uh, it's not just the way it's not just our way or the highway right like it's this is a team effort can we get the website up guys can we put up the website real quick um, so if you want to sign up very easy, go to lifepointfc.com, go to the tab up there at the top that says events, you guys see that, share the love, and then it takes you to this page, and then you're going to scroll down, and then you're going to click the link that says join us and share the love, sign up today. There's over 20 initiatives. A lot of these are basically, um, we're feeding people, you know, Jesus fed them, we think that's a good method, you know, so we, we're, you know, we're not shy, whatever it takes to reach people, Right. Uh, so some of them, are, a lot of them are feeding a lot of them are serving people making goodie bags um, some are appreciation baskets um, homemade lunch boxes dinner boxes a few as you can see some of the things that we put on the list um, we have uh, Breedlove Nursery Pet Haven, Psychology Bike Shop Elite Bike Shop uh, Simpsons Adventure Shop 4th Floor Nurses at Heart Hospital I like to go to that one um, Snobby Dog Spa, West Tyler Vet. We're, we're tackling all of the the animal shelters in town. <laughs> um, Gresham and Flint Fire Department, Gresham Vet Hospital, Dixie Elementary, Chandler Elementary, ABC Preschool, Chase Bank, PDQ Signs, uh, K E T K. My life group is actually sponsoring that. They have about 50 uh, people employees at the the. TV station, and I told Marcus, um, Marcus is the chief meteorologist there, and he serves here as our media director as well, and I told him, I would love to feed all of them. We'll figure it out. You know, they have different times. It's going to be a little bit crazy, a little bit messy, and I said, but we're going to jump all in. I want to show this town what love can do. Tangible love, not the love that a lot of times you hear in churches that, you know, the pastor gets up, he preaches his message, and he leaves. And then you know Christians are the same throughout. Different, excuse me, throughout the week. I want people to see the love that exists in this place. I want them to see it. And um, and no, like I said, no strings attached. We're not loving them because we want them to come to our church. We're just gonna love on them. They will eventually come to our church because that's what happens when you love, you know. And so, uh, but the question, like I told you, is: Are you in? Are you in? You know, Jesus said, uh, he said, let your light, think of this for a moment, let your light so shine before men, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. It takes work to reach people. You want to make a difference in your community? It's not going to happen organically. It takes, you have to be very intentional, like, the, like what you just shared, right? Shelly, you wanted to go after that kid. I, I'm the same way, you know? Like when somebody, anybody that hurts my family, I'm like, no, you don't, you can mess with it. And, and I'm a pastor, right? And that makes it a little bit more complicated when the pastor's on the news, you know? Um, but our goal is 100% participation. We're going we're gonna to do this over a period of a month. So you have plenty of time. Uh, take the one-hour break from your lunch hour. Okay, it'll be worth it. I promise you. God will bless you in ways that you will you will not. Like it, it'll blow your mind when you see what God can do through you. Not just not just a few people, but through you. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And then the end result is they're gonna end up glorifying your heavenly Father. So would you pray about it? Would you just commit it? I don't want you to do. it. I'm not trying to twist your arm. You know, but I would love to be a part of a church that we can say, you know, we have 100% participation, hundred, you know, let's say we have 150 adults, 150 adults signed up to share God's love with this community, and I just cannot wait to see what God's going to do. Um, okay, so that's enough of that. Um, if you have a Bible, let's go ahead and turn to First Kings chapter 17. I am so excited about the message today, and I hope that... I hope that it's something that encourages you and it's something that um, will help you get through next week and next month and even next year. So we're in 1 Kings chapter 17. So we're going to begin a brand new series based on one of the greatest men of God that has ever existed, and that's, the, that's Elijah, okay? Everybody say Elijah with me. So let me give you a little bit of context just so you know what's going on. Um, Elijah is... He is the man of God, the prophet, and he has been, so he's in Israel, and the nation of Israel has gone about 200 years with um, no godly king, okay? So, in fact, they've had, for 200 years, they've had 19 consecutive wicked kings, okay? Okay? And I'm not talking about just mediocre people. I'm not talking about leaders that are not very, you know, very smart. Or they're not very, you know, like, they they, they don't have good leadership skills. Or they're mediocre. No, no, no. I'm talking about very driven, very but very wicked and evil kings. For 200 years, nobody had stood up to any of these kings, okay? And uh, in modern day history, it would be like, like, uh, you know, we've seen a few, right? A few people you, you would categorize as just pure evil, you know, Osama bin Laden, Hitler, um, you know, like some, some people that are just, man, yep, yep, I put them in that category. God says in his word that during this time, there was nobody that was as wicked as them. In fact, there were two kings that we're going to, one of them we're going to talk about today, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, most wicked, Women ever to have lived on planet earth like you may ask like what why were they so wicked let me give you a couple of examples i can't tell you everything because if it's super gross and some of the things that they but i've been looking a little bit of history and um they were they would promote heavy witchcraft and i'm not talking about the stuff you see in the movies okay Um, they would they would take people that like their whole purpose in mind was to take people's hearts away from serving and worshiping the true god the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And their main thing, so one of the things that they would do is they'd try to get you to, to worship Baal, and this was one of their gods, and uh, to do that, they would take people to the temple, they would get into all kinds of sexual acts and morality. Again, don't want to be too graphic here, but they would call that worship. Okay? They would, they would uh, moms would have infants and babies, and they would basically sacrifice babies. And, and I'm going to just leave it at that, okay? Because I can just see it all over your face. And, but these were very driven, very wicked people. And God puts Elijah in such a, this time, okay? So you talk about, whoa, you know, you think we have a bad, you know, it's, it's, it was a very dark, very dark time of immorality and all of that. And the interesting thing to me is that God's not going to raise up an army to obliterate those kings, God's not. He'd done it before. He's not going to send a flood. He had done that before. This time, he's going to raise up a man, this person, who's going to take a stand. And I would argue that in our world today, with all the junk that we have going on, I believe God is looking for someone. I believe that he's looking for a man and a woman, and even in this room, to take a stand for what's right. I believe that God is looking for a young teenage girl to take a stand for sexual purity i believe that god is looking for a young man maybe a businessman to take a stand for integrity you know when everybody else is doing it kind of bending the truth and bending the you know a little bit i believe god is looking for that in this room in this little room of people i think that he's looking for people that will say you know what sign me up god i'm gonna be that person because it's easy to preach but it's hard to live And so in 1 Kings chapter 17, we have Elijah. Up to this point, his name had not been mentioned. And um, the the way we learned, like we don't know anything about him, but he's introduced, he's identified into the scene, basically telling us where he's from. Okay, so verse one, everybody there? Awesome. Um, It says, it's now Elijah, the Tishbi from Tishbi. Say Tishbe. Very good, man. You guys are doing great this morning. Elijah, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead. It's as if, I'm, if, if I said Alex Velarde from Valencia, Venezuela. That's all you know about me. It's as if I said Leah Velarde from Cincinnati, Ohio. Or Nicholas Marmon from Cartagena, Colombia. Or Shelley Williams from Odessa, Texas. Or New York, um, uh, Nicole York from Miami, Florida. I didn't know that you know, until this week when I asked you guys. All we know, oh, this guy, Elijah, from, where is he from? He's a Tishbite from Tishbe. Say it again, Tishbe. It doesn't sound like a great place, right? We got the great man of God from Tishbe. Tishbe. (laughs) Tishbe. What in the world? (laughs) You know? God sends him to the wicked king of Ahab with a message. He says, as long, verse, verse 1, the end, the end of verse 1, as long as the Lord lives, basically, he says, as long as my God is alive, the God of Israel, as long as he lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Now, this was the most tragic judgment that anybody could have pronounced on the land. No rain. This was economic shutdown. This is, remember, they're a culturally driven economy. This literally would have, would have shut everything down. If this is, this is for us, is going to the gas station and not finding any gas. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? you? You pull up to a gas station and like, you know, there's no gas. Has that ever happened to you guys? It's happened to me a few times. Imagine that you do that and then you go to the next pump and there's nothing. And it's like, okay. I guess they, they ran out of gas or something. Go to the next gas station. There's nothing. And then the next one, there's nothing. I've lived through times like that when I when I was in Venezuela. I was 15, or actually probably a little bit younger than that. And it is chaos. I mean, what you see, people get all freaked out. That's what that's what this would have entailed. Okay, this is this is not a good thing. This, banks are not lending any money. You can't go to the ATM and get your, your money out. Un, unemployment is high now. Do you, do you recognize what's going on? Like, are you putting yourself in that situation? This took tremendous faith because it had been 200 years, 19 consecutive kings. And Elijah, little Elijah from Tishbe, is facing this king. And God is saying, you go to this king and with, with this message. No more rain. No more dew as long as I say it. And then God is going to do something that's going to blow you away. Like I couldn't believe it. Like when I kept reading, I was like, no way. God is going to take Elijah, even though he was obedient, he's going to take him through a season. In fact, the title of our message is Seasons of Training. He's going to take him through three seasons in his life a season of training, a season where he's asking him to hide. And you think of all the things that God could have asked him, that he, God could have done for Elijah. I mean, but, you know, he's going to take him through a season of hiding where he's going to build him up. Where he's going to, he's going to get him ready. He's going, to, he's going to get him stronger for what's to come. Number one, if you're taking notes, it's a season of isolated pain. Elijah, in verse 3, you'll see here in a minute, was very alone. He didn't have anybody to talk to. He was hurting privately. Um, he, uh, you know, and I don't know if you've ever been through those times, but God uses those times to build you up. Okay, look in verse 2. So verse 1, no more rain, he tells King Ahab. Verse 2, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And here it is. God says, leave here, turn eastward, and, help me out, and hide. hide. God is asking Elijah to hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. The word Kareth in the Hebrew means to cut off. It means to, to cut off from the blessing. So God is sending Elijah for a season to, to be stri- stripped off of everything. He's saying you're gonna, it's like when you cut down a, 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 um, a tree. That's the word right there. Kareth ravine means you're going to be by yourself. You're going to be isolated. You're going to be alone. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. It's not going to be pretty. And Elijah had just obeyed. So Elijah had done the right thing. So it's nothing like their sin or anything like that. But God intentionally and purposefully says, I'm going to take you away for a season. And I'm going, to, I'm going to prune you. I'm going to cut you down. I'm going to humble you. I'm going to teach you to depend on me. I'm going to humble you privately before I use you publicly. Everything God does in your life, there's, for everything he does in your life, there's a, a reason. Okay? It's what I call, this is, the, this is the, the concept of brokenness, brokenness. Look in John twelve twenty four. You don't have to turn there, but I think the verse is on the screen. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Think about this verse for a moment. I think this is what, this is what God was doing with Elijah. He was... He was breaking him a little bit. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. In other words, uh, only by falling and breaking can a single grain produce a rich crop. Does that make sense? Like if, if it remains shelter, if it remains protected, if it remains isolated, it'll never produce anything. Sometimes God will target different areas of your life that you're not willing to submit to him. Okay. And he'll say, you know what? I'm going to break you in. And this is an area of your life that you're not willing to give to me. So I'm going to do a little work in here. Okay. I'm going to do a little bit of work because I want more fruit in this area of your life. Now, did you guys get a peanut or a little baggie with peanuts? Show it to me. Did you guys get those? All right. Can I have one of those? Can somebody, I, I forgot to get mine. Get, there you go. Thank you so much. You guys, if you're not allergic, okay, I want you to grab one of these peanuts. If you're allergic, please, this won't work for you. Okay. We don't want to kill you. All right, so take one of these peanuts out. If you can open them. You guys get them? Did everybody get them? If you didn't get one, we'll, we'll hand them out to you guys, okay? So I want this message to be memorable, and so this, this is the reason why I'm giving you some peanuts, okay? This is the craziest church. They give us out peanuts, you know? Um, but I, I, want this, I want this to be something that you can take home and, or to work and leave that peanut. Again, if you're not allergic, okay? So if you're allergic, I'm just saying it again. Warning, do not, be a part, do not take part in this exercise, okay? But if you need, does anybody need one? Everybody got one? Okay. All right, fantastic. So um, I, my family, we love peanuts, okay? And um, have you been to this place? We have a picture. Any of you guys been to Five Guys? Yeah. Yes? We love Five Guys. You know why? They have free unlimited peanuts. You can go to Five Guys and just have peanuts and water. And that's a great meal. I'm um, not just, just joking. Well, when Natalie was two, um, she would, you know, like, you know, our lives are so crazy. You know, we have three kids. and things are like crazy. And one day, I see Natalie, you know, <laughs> she's two years old, right? She loves peanuts. <laughs> it's like, Natalie what are you doing she was putting the whole peanut in her like with the shell and everything in her mouth I said honey if you want to if you want to make it to your 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 third year you know to three years you know you got let me teach you how to eat peanuts right and so I said like you got to crack the shell and then you get to the the good part same way it is in your life sometimes God says you know what I got to do a little bit of work in your life to get to the good stuff got to break through that outer shell to get to the stuff and i wonder if that's what god was doing with elijah i wonder i don't know this okay but i wonder if elijah man like we told this king no more rain and there was no more rain i mean there's a little bit of power in that right and i wonder if there's a little bit of pride i mean i know he's the man of god but the, the man of god can have pride in his heart you know that you know, I know I'm a preacher, but hey, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just as human, as sinful, as wicked, as, well, let's not go with wicked. That's not that's too much, you know, but I'm just, I'm like you guys. I have the same doubts. I have the same worries. I have the same concerns. I mean, I struggle with the same things, not exactly, but in the same ways. And I wonder if Elijah, you know, in the Bible, you fast forward into the New Testament. The Bible says that Elijah was just a man like you and I, and we'll, we'll, I'll hit that verse at the end. And I wonder if God saw a little bit of pride and he says, you know what? I'm going to put you through a time of isolation, a season of pain, a season of of brokenness to bring out more fruit. So I don't know what you're going through today, but brokenness today is necessary for later fruit. Brokenness today is necessary for later fruit. Then God takes him to a time of total dependence. Watch this. Verse 4. God says, you will drink from the brook. And uh, I have ordered ravens. This is really cool. I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Verse 5. So he did what the Lord had told him. I love that. You know, like your life would be so much better if you just apply that verse. And he did what the Lord told him. You wouldn't have to come to church every Sunday if you just did what the Lord told you, you know? It's that simple. He went to the Carath Ravine. Remember the Carath Ravine? That's a place where you're caught off. He knows. As soon as he sees the word, he says, Oh, this is not a pretty time. You know, God's putting me through something. East of the Jordan, stay there, verse 6. The ravens came, the ravens, excuse me, brought him bread and meat, watch this, in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now, what I think is so interesting is that, like, there's no rain, right? And, like, everything has dried up. And in a season where everything has dried up, God provides his brook for him to drink from. And then he provides these birds, and then what does it say? They bring him what? Meat. And they bring him bread in the morning and then at night. Why is God doing that? Why, why would God do that? What's the message here? I think God is saying, look, regardless of how difficult you have it, I'm the God that provides. Regardless of your situation at home, I'm still here. Regardless of the finances, regardless, regardless of the, the, the kid going you know, and rebelling, regardless of, of, and you fill in the blank, regardless of the health situation, regardless of what mom and dad are going through, regardless of cancer, I'm still here, and I'm still God provider. I'm going to be here, and as long as you're mine, you will be provided for. And so in a time when they're in the middle of this huge drought, God provides a brook, He provides some birds. Too. Now, what's interesting to me is that Many of you right now, you're going through a season where God has, or something has been taken, whether it's God or not, but something has been taken away from you. And it's, it's something that you put all of your security in. I've been there, man. I went through three years when I left a ministry in North Carolina where I wasn't a pastor. And for, for the first time in my life, I didn't have the title pastor for the first time since I was 16. I mean, I was like, I was doing ministry all of my life. And it was, I would come into a service like this, and I would cry, and I didn't even know why. I was so broken, and I mean, some things that I had gone through, and it was so difficult. Maybe some of you are going through a time where there's something, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's a relationship, it it may be a person. And that thing that was your security blanket has been taken away from you. And God is trying to teach you to be dependent on Him. God is saying, hey, you don't need those things. You don't need that security. All you need is me. And that's what he's teaching Elijah. This is a season of, of total dependence of him. He says, All, you know, I'm giving you the brook. I'm giving you the ravens. So you can't do this on your own. You need me. You need to depend on me. Now, look at it. Look at the verses. God didn't give Elijah two days worth of food, did he? He didn't give him a week's worth of food. He didn't give him three months supply. How much did he give him? Look at the verses with me. How much did he give him? One in the morning and one at night. Some of you would have needed three meals, but Elijah was content with two. Think about that. Pastor Nicholas is raising his hand. (laughs) That's it. Why? God wanted him to... If if God gave him a three-month supply then I'm good for three months. That's what happens in my life. When I'm good, when I'm comfortable, where everything's working, I'm not on my knees seeking God and asking Him to help me. I need you, Lord. But when that comes, man, I am so... And I don't want pain in my life. Don't get me wrong. But when when those things, when those circumstances happen, I am so much closer to Him. And so let depression drive you to Him. Let the junk that the world brings to you, let it... Bring you to him, and I applaud you. You're here, so you're doing the right thing, right? You, you don't need this message, but I hope it's a good reminder. Now, look at what happens next. We're almost done. Verse 7. He's gonna, God's going to step it up, and he's going to take him through a season of unconditional obedience. Sometime later, the brook, what? Dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. Now, I don't know if Elijah was asking himself this, but if, I, if it was me, I'd be like, okay, what are you doing, God? You told me to go to the king. I did it. And then you asked me to hide. Okay, what's going on? You told me to go to the brook. And then the thing dries up what i mean why are you it was like is this you Lauren? am i really here like has that ever happened to you you feel like god's telling you to do something you feel like he's leading you in a certain way and then everything goes exactly the opposite you know i can't tell you the number of times where i'm like holy cow like what's going on in my in my life like god i thought and i was confident i told the church you know we're gonna go to two services and two people show up you know i've done that before you know god told me now nah, i'm careful i don't say that that often you know if I, if, if I believe God tells me something, I try to keep it to myself. And I say, okay, Lord, are we are we sure, you know? Because sometimes you feel like this is a word from God, but then things don't go your way. And so this is a time of unconditional obedience. The same God who gives water can take it away. Right? The same God that chooses to give you water can... He's. He can do it. He's God. He can choose to provide in a different way. And so God doesn't need to provide your own way. I'm going to ask the worship team, if you guys get on stage, we're going to wrap this up. Don't miss this. You're going to have to read it on your own because I've got to wrap, wrap this, up, this thing up. But the next thing that God tells Elijah to do is to go to a widow. Remember, no rain. This is not, this is not a good time. God says that this is total obedience. Of all the places that God could have sent Elijah, he says, I want you to go to a widow. And so Elijah's obedient. He goes to a widow and he says, ma'am, I'm a little bit thirsty. I'm a little bit hungry. And the widow is like, what? What are you doing? Like, are you crazy? Are you, are you out of your mind? Are you like the only person in town that doesn't know that we're going through a, a huge drought? And I'm a, I'm a widow. Are you? Why would you come to me of all people? And Elijah doesn't understand. You know, Elijah's like, I don't have a clue. I'm just trying to be obedient to what God told me to do. And um, this widow says, look, I was just about to make my last meal. I just have a little bit of flour left. I just have a little bit of oil. This is it. There's nothing more left. This is is all I have. And Elijah, you got to read the story on your own. We're not going to take the time to look at it. But Elijah, because of what he had been through, he looks at an impossible situation. This is it. This is the last meal. I don't have any more. And Elijah speaks faith into it. And he says, prepare the meal. God will supernaturally provide. And you know what happens? They have food for months. Later on, this lady, this widow, she had a son. He dies mysteriously. Like we don't know why, but he just dies. Elijah takes a young boy to the upper room. And the Bible says... That he gets on him, and the boy is dead, as dead can be, and he's on him, and he lifts up, he he looks up to heaven and says, God, I believe that you can can do whatever you want to do. I believe that you have the power to heal this boy if that's what you choose. And for the first time in history, nothing like this had ever happened before. But for the first time in history, God raised a dead boy back to life. Why? Because Elijah had been through some seasons of training. And he was able to speak faith into situations that nobody else would see. You don't see it, you speak faith into it. You don't see it, you speak faith into it. You don't see it, you keep believing, and you keep going, and you don't give up. Nobody else. Everybody, it seems like you're swimming against the current and everybody's opposing you. Just have faith. Have the faith that Elijah had. James, if you want the reference, James five seventeen. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you feel like your brook is drying up. I don't know if you know, maybe it's a relationship, it's not no longer there. Maybe it's finances. It's like, Pastor, it is is drying up. I need some help, Lord. Whatever it is, here's my challenge. Have a little bit of faith. Would you pray this kind of this prayer, God, help me, help me to realize that, yes, you can, if the brook is drying up, you're going to provide a different way. So I wonder how many of you in here, you say, Pastor, now I'm not going to get into details, but my brook is is drying up and there's some areas that I'm really struggling with. How many of you would say, yep, that's me. Would you pray for me? Yep, I see that hand. I see that hand all over the room. How many of you here say, you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure I believe. I've questioned faith in the past. But I'm praying that maybe this will be a time that God would help me. How many of you would say, yep, that's me. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Raise your hand. Yep. I see that? Anyone else? I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. Yep. It's Four. If you just open up your heart just a little bit, let the pain drive you to the Savior. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your goodness. God, we worship you today in faith. God, I see that truly the best is yet to come. And I thank you and I praise you for what's ahead. Good, bad, ugly. I thank you because you're my Savior and you walk with me. Every step of the way.